I'm Nadine. And I'm Chrissy. And you're listening to Side Hugs. Your unofficial Duggar Snark podcast to help you help us feel better about talking shit about a weird-ass family. This episode, we are wrapping up our discussion of Ginger and Jeremy's Hope We Hold. This is it. It has been a long journey, but we are finally here. It's been it's been a journey, that's for sure. <laughs> Some type of journey, yeah. So these these last chapters cover their wedding, the birth of their kid, and their move to LA, about which we have lots to say. Like mm-hmm. the desperation is strong with these two, the name dropping, the fame whoring, all of it. It's there. We see you. We see yes. through you. We we do. For sure, for sure. Um yeah, I mean, I will be honest, like like I've said off the show, the last leg of this book there is a lot of like repetition and droning on about all the church stuff but um Mm -hmm. it is like another i guess peak in inside that like we didn't really get otherwise so that is kind of interesting yeah and it's interesting to see like how they conceptualize it like clearly this is such a big part of like their story even Mm -hmm. though it's like not that big of a deal right to like anybody else you know it's like they went to a different church but like in their own Mm -hmm. retelling of their life like this is like a huge pivotal thing and it's like yeah imbued with so much fucking importance right like to them it's like this was such a journey and you know you know god you know gave us the everything Mm -hmm. to take us this way and these are all the steps involved but like yeah like okay you, you, which, moved in, you moved and got another job. Cool. That's what it is. You got yeah, another like, fucking job. You relocated. Job. Yeah. <laughs> which leads me to believe that it says something about like what they see for their future and like their future plans. Mm-hmm. Like I think it's going to play a very big role in their next step after Jeremy gets like booted out of seminary finally. That he <laughs> is like being forced to graduate, which he's been there for a long yeah. fucking time. Yeah. Um, We'll get into it. But mm-hmm. chapter 12, it just wraps up the like incredibly long-winded story about their courtship and ends Mm -hmm. with like their engagement and like their proposal in new york city so um yeah at this point like literally like the book is almost done (laughs) and jeremy's like just secured permission to court ginger which like i can't believe that and like just to put into perspective i guess you could say that like at the beginning of this we're like they're courting and facetiming and doing all that shit all all the time it's like i guess this is where we as viewers of the show started seeing it from this point yeah yeah and we do get like a lot yeah so at this point we're introduced to jeremy and Mm. they also talk about like basically they were facetiming 24 7 which we did see on the show and it was annoying then and it is like equally like annoying and ridiculous now <laughs> like yeah. it's just like unwarranted on every level yeah. like the lengths to which ginger goes to like accommodate his schedule so she talks about this one part where she moves her mattress into the prayer closet <laughs> for the duration of their courtship she is sleeping in the prayer closet because she wakes up at 5 45 in the morning when jeremy wakes up and <laughs> facetimes him basically until he like has to go off to work yeah aren't they're not i thought like is somebody else on these calls all the time that's i didn't even think about that yeah that's a good question it sure as fuck doesn't sound like right. it it right. sounds like they are <laughs> yeah just yeah. like them two facetiming alone her in the prayer closet yeah i think they should it's time to let go of the fiction of like 
all their calls being supervised. Yeah, no I way. don't think that was the case. And also it's fine. Yeah. And um, but also just ridiculous that like the the way that look, she's living in a closet so she can have more time <laughs> to FaceTime her boyfriend. Like I know. it's fucking ridiculous the way that they are about courting. Like and the, the thing that she explains is like she needs to be there because like yeah, basically that's the only place she has privacy and mm-hmm. also the rest of her family are super late risers. So like I guess you can't speak in the house before like <laughs> nine AM or else you're gonna wake everybody else up, which is bananas. Like you should right. be awake. I know. I'm just thinking again about like being supervised on, on these calls or just like mm-hmm. any calls. Like I know that Jim Bob and Michelle like don't have typical nine to five jobs. So like how could mm-hmm. you how could you ever successfully monitor that with any what if you have multiple kids courting at once and they're like okay i'm gonna make a call you guys ready like i I don't know so many of these rules you're right like were completely formulated Mm -hmm. basically around like josh and like Mm. jessa maybe who was like you know when there was like one person courting on and also the weird thing about josh is like he courted and then for years like there was like nothing you know right so they probably invented all these like little fake rules that like were never gonna stand up under yeah. like any sort of scrutiny or pressure you know yeah like, yeah that makes sense. um but it's like i get really fucking annoyed with them that they never like never once have they admitted like oh yeah this is something we've changed or this is something we've right. like that didn't work out they like are incapable and this is like speaks to a deeper problem mm-hmm. they are fucking incapable of admitting any sort of like fault even in the most minor of sense like oh yeah oops that didn't work like we're right. trying something new oh no never no Mm-mm. Okay, so basically they they are just FaceTiming 24-7. Ginger finally flies out to Laredo to visit him for the first time. And she gets there and she's like so surprised that the apartment is like super clean and everything. And then she finds out that Jeremy's mom flew out like several Mm -hmm. days before to clean up her grown son's apartment before his girlfriend arrived. Like this man is is a child. Yeah, he's not like... A twenty-year-old like frat boy. Like, no, why he's twenty-seven. He, at this point. Yeah, and his he needed his mom to fly out from God, New Jersey to clean his home. Here. Like that's so bananas. No. This man, I know. Was, like, I hate it. It also it seems like he was like living in squalor. Like this is from like a little bit later on, but yeah. later Ginger finds out that she says like something like, "Oh, it's not unusual. It wasn't unusual for Jeremy to eat Chick Fil A eight for eight meals a week." And I'm like, eight meals a week? Yeah. That means one one day you're going there twice for like lunch and well, dinner. yeah, because he can't go on Sundays. It's closed on Sundays. It's <laughs> like make up for it. Wait, no. So he eats eight Chick Fil A meals in six days. Six days, yeah. That's like crazy. Like I know the depths of incompetence are truly just staggering <laughs> for this I man. I could not I believe know. it. How is he alive? Right. Um, also, it just blows my mind that he was like entrusted with a congregation, couldn't clean his own home, couldn't cook his own meals, I but know. he's like leading a flock of like people in Laredo to Christ, and it's like you're not a like adult man yet. Like, no, apparently not. Um, no. Yeah, it sounded pretty rank in that apartment. <laughs> so they have a good time in Laredo. They just basically like are flying back and forth for like, they didn't court for that long. But no. it seems like every weekend they were flying back and mm-hmm. forth. And um, at one point, like Jeremy flies 
to Arkansas and he realizes that at the end of the month, he and Ginger are like, and Jess and Ben, of course, the other part of this relationship. Yeah, yeah. They're all scheduled to take a trip to the East Coast to visit his family. And he realizes like, oh, I want to propose to Ginger at this point. So he gets Jim Bob's permission. And like on this visit, he obviously shares the plan with Jessa, like clues her in. She's like, you have to distract Ginger. And he also is like, oh, take her to this like jewelry store to get her her like <laughs> ring finger sized. Yeah. And the way Ginger talks about it, she's like, yeah, I went into the store and like, I didn't think anything of it. I just got it sized and thought, cool. And I, I part of me doesn't believe her, but but part of me is also like, like, why do you, why do you want us to believe that you were this fucking like naive? And I like, know. This is not a good look, but she's, but I don't know. She's trying to sell really hard. She had no fucking idea. She's at the store and she's like, completely doesn't know yeah no there's no way she does not know no there's no way but also when they go to new york they also do a similar thing so like they meet the family it goes well he drives her into the city and they go Mm -hmm. visit like all his like old favorite haunts such as Times square (laughs) um, from from when he used to live in new york when he played for the red bulls and at one point he describes like their proposal which we've also discussed on a different episode yeah and we have like we have gone into the speculation that um, not that the proposal was like fake, but like that there were markers on the ground where they were supposed to stand and stuff like that. Like, so there, I know there's speculations from people that there's some wonkiness going on there. So oh, for sure. So then when you like pair that with Ginger, obviously knowing it's coming, I, I don't, I, don't, I, she's that oblivious. <laughs> hey, maybe, I, I mean, maybe. I don't hold her in the highest regard in terms of yeah. like being super discerning about yeah, things yeah, yeah. that are going on, but but it is a little like it does stretch the limits of one's imagination to to like consider. Yeah. But um but also like we should say, so he makes up this whole story about how his friend wants to mm-hmm. take photographs of them on a roof at sunset. Yeah. He's like, Yeah, you should probably go get ready beforehand. And she's like, Okay, fine, cool. <laughs> and um, yeah, when they go up on the mm-hmm. rooftop to the literal staging area, Ginger like is still either playing clueless or actually clueless. And the weirdest thing that Jeremy says about her is like, mm-hmm. he talks about her not like getting it right away. And he was like, that's like my favorite thing about Ginger. <laughs> she has such an unsuspecting heart. And I'm like, oh dude, your favorite thing about Ginger is that she like doesn't know what the fuck is going on at any given point <laughs> in time. Like, which, and that makes me believe that it actually might be the fucking case that this girl I mean, just, it like, could be. goes from moment to moment, I know. doesn't really get what's going on. And that's weirdly what Jeremy likes about her. So right. she's just, just like, in the moment, like floating from place to place. Like, um, I mean, okay. So like that is probably tr- very true. Um, but I will say like, maybe just like a part of her kind of like convinces herself it's not going to happen that way. If it doesn't happen, she's not disappointed. Mm-hmm. I only say that um, because like when I was dating my husband, there were a couple times where I thought a proposal was going to happen and it didn't. So then when we were in situations where it might happen, I kind of just like went with the flow because I didn't want to be disappointed. <laughs> yeah, that's she's. <laughs> So I pulled a ginger. I pulled a ginger, like yeah. on purpose. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, they, it could be. No, you're, I guess you're like a healthy right, coping thing in that regard, <laughs> just like setting expectations low. Also, that just seems like such a stressful way to go about like your last like yeah, yeah. few months as boyfriend and girlfriend. Right, right. <laughs> like getting increasingly like frustrated, disappointed, like telling yeah, yourself, yeah, 
um, yeah, I could kind of see that. It also tracks with like, okay, I think normal people do that, but I can definitely see Ginger taking that to a different extreme of being yeah. like, shut up, he would never, like basically when when they were like interested in each other, her inner monologue would be like, shut up, like he'd never be interested in you, Ginger, like get your head out of the clouds, you yeah. stupid girl. Yeah. Like, she just seems like the one time, like sure. the harshest self-talk in that, you know? Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. I yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, either way, they finally decide mm-hmm. we're doing this. We're jumping in. There's no going back after yeah. a full five fucking weeks of courting, committing their lives to one another. Okay, so the next chapter she describes, it's like the wedding, basically, mm-hmm. and the honeymoon. So she describes like going dress shopping with like Miss Renee in Tennessee or whatever. Which um we did see this on the show, right? Yes, yeah. yeah. I, like we, we saw it on the show. Mm-hmm. And we also have discussed <laughs> we discussed on our bonus Patreon episode her wedding dress, which we both said was our by far our favorite. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like we don't give Ginger a lot of credit here, but credit you know where it's yeah too but I here's the thing it. about that she fucking reveals and like the, the most like defining prominent feature of that dress was that like beautiful long train mm-hmm. and here she reveals that it wasn't even her own fucking preference it was I jeremy's know. jeremy specifically yeah. told her i want to see you in a dress with a long train and then she goes okay like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> like it's so crazy like the thing that we thought was like a expression of her true mm-hmm. like desires and personality was literally that of her fiance His. at the time like i'm like i'm not like sexist like i don't have like <laughs> i know i'm like i'm I not, just, I'm not no, okay like i don't have these like terrible views of like gender roles or anything like that i don't um but it's just, like weird to me that like the groom has such strong feelings and opinions about what this dress is gonna be yeah i mean and there's just absolutely not that there should be pushback from ginger but there's no indication that any of it is like her Mm -hmm. own preference yeah even when she even when she puts it on she says he's gonna love it that's the first thing she fucking yeah. says when she puts on the dress she will be wet in. She says, oh, not I love it. Not this looks great. Not I feel really beautiful. It's my, like, Jeremy's going to like yeah. it. And, like, not to, not to bring this back to me, but um, <laughs> when I tried on wedding dresses, like, I, I – it was quite a while ago, but I'm pretty sure like I didn't think of my fiance as out of like, what did I, what do I want? How do I like it? How does it feel? Like that's, that's how it should be. Well, that's the central like problem at the center of all of this. I, know. Like, I don't I think know. Ginger knows what she likes yeah. or who she is yeah. or what she desires. I think she knows that like mm-hmm. she likes to please people, which she yeah. hated outright. Yep. Yep. Which like makes for a very dangerous combination with somebody who loves to dictate exactly what you should I look know, like and why. I know. <laughs> like, right. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, it's just it it literally it perfectly exemplifies that like Instagram post that we make fun of all the fucking time, which is like a shot mm-hmm. of when they're recording Ginger at a bookstore and the mm-hmm. caption of that Instagram post was Jeremy loves books. I love Jeremy. So now I love uh-huh. books. Yeah. Like, that was the that yeah. was the caption. Mm-hmm. And they're like, we snark on it nonstop, but there oh, yeah. couldn't be a more clear encapsulation of that's how it. Yeah. her identity has been formed. Like, oh, yeah, that's it. Yeah. Ginger, we want to see you thrive. We want to see you like develop some sort of like under self awareness, pretty much, and just Mm-mm. like aesthetic. And, you know, no. Ah, oh, gosh. Ginger, um, her personality is like coffee and Jeremy. 
coffee and Jeremy. And before it was like, I real I really do think that a lot of it was dictated by Jessa. I guess coffee's been the one like defining thing. I mean, Jin- like Jeremy also he he talks a little bit about like they do have shared interests. He's like, we both are social. We love cities. Mm-hmm. We love fine dining. We love like nice clothes, okay, which is sure, like yeah. okay, eye rolls. But yeah, yeah. so it's like I guess she does have like like she's expressed preferences in the past, but it just seems like her entire identity has been subsumed into like Jeremy. Yeah. yeah. Like even if she has like had shadows of these, of those like similar um, like desires or just interests, like they were never just like blow. They were never really blown up until he was there. So he still, exactly. had, yeah, he still had a huge influence on everything. That's exactly what it is. Like they never mm-hmm. comprise like the totality of her identity. Like they do now. Like it's right. Yeah, startling, and it's just like I couldn't imagine that that makes for a like stimulating and fulfilling relationship. You know what this reminds me of? That's okay. You know that song um, by Justin Timberlake called "Mirror." Like it's like you're my mirror. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I always thought that song was so fucking stupid because he was like, "I love you because you reflect me. You're my mirror." It's like I'm staring. It's like this is Jeremy's theme song. (laughs) He's like, Like, "I love you so much because you are me, basically." Yeah. Right, you're me with the vagina, and that that's song all I is need. Psychotic, yeah, and I love, I do love it, but it is like <laughs> I can't believe that like a man that is to say Justin Timberlake like wrote the song and was like, oh my god, this is so fucking romantic. I'm t- I'm telling this girl I love her because she reflects everything about I know. me. It's like that is psychotic. <laughs> like, it's truly- <laughs> but those two, JT and Jeremy, birds of a feather. I'm telling you, you like in the yep. Okay, yeah, so the day of their wedding, this is the only, not really a huge thing, a mention of Jill in the book, but they say that on the day of their wedding, you know, it's tradition not to, for the bride and groom not to see each other, but they didn't want to miss out on their morning devotional, so they go to Jill's house and do it, which I thought was, like, random and weird. Um, Anyways, only mention of Jill we're ever going to get here. I know. Um, And she just describes like feeling calm and like not nervous at all. And just like being super like Zen about it. She obviously, you know, she had a good time getting ready with her sisters. And then Mm -hmm. it's like time to walk down the aisle. And yeah, she's like, I felt really calm despite the fact that I'm a girl who typically like I cry at the drop of a hat and I'm like, same girl, same. I (laughs) I feel cry instantaneously. Honestly, the most, the most, uh, um, relatable line in this entire book yeah <laughs> the most relatable ginger can be um oh, yeah. she really does seem like so much more like sensitive and just mm-hmm. like anxious and like yeah you know ooey gooey than i think we previously have thought about her you know yeah like yeah. she really when is her birthday especially just- <laughs> <You're> gonna- <laughs> <laughs> well especially just like when you look at her against Jessa, too, by comparison, she's very emotional. Oh, my God. Polar opposite in that regard. Yeah. I, mm-hmm. Jessa's, like, famously. Yeah. She, like, hates to cry, despises crying on camera. Like, we'll go through, like, such mm-hmm. incredible lengths to, to, like, not cry on camera. Yeah. And um, also, I thought it was interesting that in this chapter, Ginger, like, she talks about how close she was to Michelle when she talked about, like, her eating disorder. And then here she describes herself as, like, a daddy's girl. And I, I hate that, <laughs> whatever. But, like, when they walk down the aisle, right before she walks down the aisle with Jim Bob, she's like, he started to cry. And I gave him this handkerchief that I had, like, hand embroidered with, like, a saying that was, like, I will always be your little girl. Like, I love you so much. I didn't think they were that close. But I guess. I know. Like, I didn't get that. But they might, like, they might be. It just seems like. Yeah. 
I I don't I like I can't tell if that's actually true or not, but I could kind of see her needing like a lot of or like really craving like a ton of attention from both of her parents and actually maybe feeling close to them in a people pleasery way. Yeah. I mean yeah, I mean if she's doing like she had described earlier in the book, like doing all kinds of, you know, chores and just little things around the house because she wanted all the positive reinforcement. And I mean, you do that enough. I, she got it from Michelle. So I, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised, I guess. Oh my God. She you know, it's so them. fucking sad. It's like, I could see it being the case where like, she thinks she has a really close relationship with Jim Bob and Jim Bob's like, mm, yeah, my, my kid. <laughs> like he did at the funeral. Do you remember he forgot the name of Felicity? Yeah. <laughs> oh God. Yeah. Damn. I, that yeah. actually feels really rotten <laughs> to, to think about, but whatever. That's fucking yeah. Jim Bob and Michelle's fault. Um, right. <laughs> um, so they walk down the aisle and, okay, they say that um, this is something that, like, people have suspected. I think it's been confirmed in different ways, but basically Jeremy talks about the fact that somebody leaked the time and date and mm-hmm. location of their wedding, which made it very, very difficult for them and he doesn't really say why, but we'll, I'll read the, um, the passage now. Okay. He describes their, their reception. It's like, it's at the church, and they can only go for like five minutes because they've scheduled photos during golden hour, of course, because mm-hmm. yeah. like that's whatever. I know. So they schedule their photos, and they have to leave to a different location. And then this is what Jeremy says. Leaving the reception hall was tricky. Somebody had leaked the date, time, and location of our wedding to the paparazzi, and photographers were camped outside. <laughs> as soon as we step out the door, somebody would get a shot of Ginger in her dress, and it would be all over the tabloids next day. Okay. Guy is <laughs> stressing. And I feel like, okay, yeah, have you heard of this? Of, like, who they suspected leaked the no. wedding day? No. Oh, my God. Okay. I, <laughs> so, for a long time, it has been suspected that the reason that they had paparazzi show up at the wedding, like, the person who leaked the thing was this other fundy okay very very thirsty fundy called jill rodriguez oh sure okay 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 yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so she posted this, um, a photo on her facebook of the wedding invitation yes i do remember this has not been invited to any duggar mm-hmm. wedding since yeah and jill is crazy that's like a whole nother <laughs> whole nother episode but yes. historically he's been like very eager to get close to the duggars in any way shape or form very very eager to telegraph her like proximity to them like insinuate that there's a friendship she's trying to like ingratiate herself with them in any way and it like clearly backfired here and then w- one of her daughters didn't didn't one of her daughters marry into the keller family yes and she used to describe her like son-in-law exclusively as Anna Duggar's brother, Nathan. Oh my God. <laughs> in every single Instagram post and in every single thing. She's like, aye, aye, aye. she would talk about her daughter whose name is Nuri, like Marie with N-U. And everybody thought it was Nuri, like Curry. But yeah. yeah. Nuri. Um, <laughs> every single post was like, congratulations to my daughter, Nuri and Anna Duggar's brother, Nathan, like <laughs> every single post. <laughs> and, um, Okay, so anyways, Jill is suspected to be the person behind all of the hoopla, the reason why the paparazzi showed up. And, okay, here's what's so fucking annoying about this, mm-hmm. is that Jeremy's like, yeah, we're so, cons- you know, we couldn't go outside, because clearly they're going to get a shot of Ginger in her dress. Like, he says that outright, and be all over the tabloids that day. Yeah. What he doesn't say, what he neglects to mention, is that they had an exclusive deal with people worked out to show the first photos of their wedding, and he knew, contract mm-hmm. like, Mm-hmm. contractually 
that no other photos could appear in a thing. So, like, what he doesn't say is he was basically fucking worried about his coin. About the money. Yeah. Like, that's what's so annoying about this is they don't fucking admit. Yeah, he wasn't worried about, like, his wife being, like, exploited or pounded for photos. No, he just wanted to, like, secure this money. Like, do you think we're idiots? We remember, Jeremy. And it's like, he... He, I feel like he thought he could get away with saying only half of it. Like, but it's right. like clearly he's like the concern. You're right. The concern is not their safety. The concern is not mm-hmm. their privacy. The concern clearly here is they would get a shot of Ginger yeah. in her dress and it'd be all over the tabloid. Yeah, they're that's they're so every step of the way just so fucking disingenuous about like mm-hmm. one of the main motivating forces behind all of the shit, which is money mm-hmm. and fame, and like they couch it in words like platform and like you know, we have a yep. platform to reach others about Jesus, but it's also about it is. fucking money and yeah. magazines and, like, fame and tabloids. It really is. Yeah. Oh, God. So annoying! I know, I know. <laughs> so annoying. Um, okay. Also, the, the way they describe their, like, getaway to the location. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so over the top. Um, basically, he's like, I threw Ginger into the <laughs> pickup truck of a security guy and we sped away and he like describes this like high chase scene of them trying to get away from the paps to this like field yeah. involving like a decoy, like sneaking into someone else's car. Like it sounded like a lot. It's just it's it's funny, but it's also like it's just like so dramatic like stop (laughs) trying to make this book more exciting than it is i mean i would have appreciated a a chapter on like and then we turned the corner and our car like almost flipped to the ground (laughs) 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 fucking something give us something it actually it seemed okay it seemed like the the coolest part of this very boring wedding is like this high-speed chase um right 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 right. last thing about the wedding instead Mm. of the guests throwing rice when they left they threw coffee beans at the couple that like would hurt (laughs) yeah i know it's like (laughs) pelted with little like rocks and then who's cleaning this up afterwards (laughs) uh they have their little sex honeymoon before the real honeymoon Mm -hmm. in branson Missouri. then they go to sydney and turns out they were going to spend one week in Sydney, one week in New Zealand, but there's like a massive earthquake in New Zealand. And instead they decide to like finish off their honeymoon with like a couple of days in LA. Yeah. This is the beginning of the whole fucking. Yeah. The beginning of the wish. LA thing. Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so they go and they hang out with friends and right away they're in LA for five seconds in the book. Like there's like two lines already, the name dropping just doesn't mm-hmm. stop from here yeah. on out yep he says that they go to meet this like celeb pastor friend of them called ray comfort and then they go to six flags with kurt cameron and his family <laughs> this is all within like one page of like oh, their god. la trip yeah, yeah, yeah. you just can't hear and after they're done with six flags like the kids are tired they're getting on the freeway ginger uh, jeremy of course has to say like hey are there any good bookstores around here like he's <laughs> so anyway so they search on whatever yelp or whatever they find this like christian bookstore next to them and it happens to belong to grace church and they like make this they put two and two together as they're like on on route over to this bookstore mm-hmm. and I guess it's like one of those like mega churches that's like has a huge campus and like yeah. stores and coffee shops and all that shit. They go to the bookstore and somebody's like, "Oh, can I help you?" And Ginger's like, "Yeah, we'd like to meet the head pastor <laughs> like right away." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And somehow they apparently they get like obviously they're they're 
in their element and that they get recognized mm-hmm. like immediately. They know who they are. The pastor's son comes up to them, makes the introduction to the to the head pastor whose name is John MacArthur. I've never heard of him, but I guess he's like super famous and has like his like culty mega church in LA, but also mm-hmm. this like huge international and like ministry where he like broadcasts his stuff around the world. And I yeah. guess he's like a well-known fundy Christian person. Okay. And um, so they meet this guy. He's super hospitable. He shows them all around. He's like, you know, gives them the whole spiel. And then mm-hmm. Jeremy says like, he wouldn't let me leave without an armful of books that he bought for me and like forced <laughs> me to take home. And it's like, Oh, God, we get it. People fucking love you. I Jeremy. know, I know, I know. Falling at your feet to like, <laughs> make you happy. The pastor's like, Hey, um, why don't you come back in March for something called a shepherd's conference? Like, yeah. it's like a conference full of pastors. And um, he's like, we'll give you a scholarship to attend. And right away, the bullshit detector is going off. Now, I'm sure that he was offered a scholarship, but it's just like, yeah. something about this is so fucking, like, slimy. Like, clearly yeah. Jeremy doesn't need a scholarship right. to attend this conference. But I feel like at this moment, this, like, pastor who, like, immediately, like, recognizes this TV couple, mm-hmm. you know, sees them around town. He, like, they both, like, mutually sense, like, an opportunity in the making. Yeah, like, mutually beneficial. Mutually assured fame whoring. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um also like this is still their honeymoon this is so weird that jeremy's basically getting like career like i don't know um he's net hard yeah, yeah he's networking like um yeah ginger's just like <gasps> ah. you're so you're so right that the social climbing started immediately yes. after they got married yeah. he's like i know what i got in the bag i have a wife who's famous and immediately i'm gonna start putting her to work and yeah getting her to help me meet all these people who are big and fundy circles you're yeah. so oh my god and she's just like okay I love Six Flags. <laughs> really so nice. Yeah. Wow. Oh my god. I like can't believe I didn't realize that. But I didn't really think about it until just now. Also, that's so insane. Um. Okay. So I don't know much about what's this church like Grace something Grace Com- Community Church. Okay. It like in my mind, I'm picturing um just like the whole picture. Okay, of like Jeremy seeing himself eventually like heading this church it reminds me of um like have you heard of like hillsong church Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and it has like all those pastors that celebrities even work with and stuff and like i literally feel like that jeremy would be like jizzing all over the place for that it might honestly be like the the funny version of that like okay it seems like, like it's like similar, a very big yeah yeah similar vibes less i mean clearly it seems like pretty um funny like hillsong right. is not Still, i would say right, sure yeah 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 but in the same sort of vibe where they have it seems like they do have like these different like outposts you know like mm-hmm. like hillsong does they have like different locations and but it's all under right. this one central guy this like yeah. one figure which um does scream cult but just a little. I didn't Just say that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. So they they go back to Laredo after their honeymoon. Mm-hmm. Ginger talks about, like, adjusting to life in Laredo, adjusting to cooking for two. Jeremy is finally getting some vegetables in his diet, we think. Um, <laughs> <laughs> easing off the Chick-fil-A. <laughs> and... Yeah, they just talk about life like seems like pretty fine. She always talks about being so busy, but it doesn't seem like she particularly is like that fucking busy. Like I know. 
I mean, she's, I guess, like, home, like, being the homemaker, but they have an apartment, they don't have children, she doesn't have a job otherwise. Yeah, I don't know how busy yeah. she is. Yeah. Her job, quote-unquote, I guess, is, like, being, like, pastor's wife, which is, like, right. not a job, but definitely, like, a like a fake, like, first lady type bullshit mm-hmm. thing, you know, where it's, like, you have to be. And she talks about, like, having fear about being this, like, public-facing person in the church. And, yeah. um, you definitely, okay, just from my, like, brief experience, you, like, pastor's wives do have, like, a very weird role. Like, it, it is, they get super scrutinized and, like, everything they do is, like, people know about it and they're supposed to be super, like, I don't know, they do just get, like, a lot of attention, yeah. weirdly. And, um, and she, she talks about feeling, like, really anxious about, like, not feeling worthy enough to be a preacher's, pastor's wife or, like, not yeah. feeling like she's doing the role. Jeremy gives her the most backhanded compliment. He's, like, <laughs> don't worry about it. Like there's no pressure to be anything you're not like, don't try to be anything you're not. And it's like, wow. Okay. That's like, I can right. see how that is like trying to be comforting, but also just like, like ginger don't even right. Like, like at, right. Like at first it's like, Oh, okay. But yeah, it's not, uh, yeah. Like don't, not encourage. Yeah. Like, like don't sure. try to be, don't try to be confident. And, uh, I don't like it. Yeah. Yeah. Just don't try. I know. But yeah, like you said, um, like a, like a pastor's wife kind of has to, um, I mean, she has to be more than just, um, and I'm not saying ginger's this like arm candy, so to speak, but like she, I mean, has to have her own personality. It's a very like socially oriented role where you have to, yeah, you do have to like be engaging. (laughs) And, um, like, it's so hard for me to see her doing that on a really large scale. Yeah. Like, you know, we'll see. We'll see how that works out. Um, Yeah. So, okay. And Jeremy also talks about, he's like, initially I was, he says, I was really concerned that people would flock to the church (laughs) just to see Ginger because she's on TV. He very quickly learns that that is very much like Mm -hmm. not the case will never be a problem because newsflash, (laughs) nobody fucking gives a shit. Like, he's truly like surprised that nobody fucking cares. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And he's like, but like, He's like, no, 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 I'm not disappointed. It's actually a really good thing. And actually, I wanted it that way. And it's like, no, no, no. You nice thought time. that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. We know exactly what you thought, which is that she was going to be a huge draw and she was going to mm-hmm. grow your church like exponentially. Yeah. And it's also during this time that Ginger has her like revelation that Jesus actually is not going to smite women who wear pants. And I can't even get into it. It's like, for all of you, who, all of you listeners who are like, I can't wait to the part where they're going to talk about uh-huh. why she decided to wear pants. We're not going to like, there's, I can't, I'm tapped out on this. I know. Like she goes on for pages about how agonizing this decision was. She's like, I talked about it with Jeremy every night and we went over scripture and he answered all of my questions and I just like I can't <laughs> I, I cannot I know. wrap my mind around that I can't like accept that, that that's a reality for Ginger I that she had to spend weeks praying and crying about this right before deciding like I refuse to engage I mean it's just like people have said like she I don't know, maybe you know she had this interest in it or whatever but like her headship is the one who ultimately made it okay in her mind I just like I cannot fucking imagine what it would be like to live as a person where you cry for weeks and agonize and study the Bible for a decision as small as like, should I wear pants or not? I know. I like, know. can you imagine what the rest of her fucking life is like? Right. Like, right. Too Oof. much. I'm tired. Take a nap. Read a book. Yeah. Like, go for a walk. <laughs> I like, know. There's so many other things to do, but. this also just seems like one of those weird like really toxic combinations of like her having anxiety and overthinking things combined Mm -hmm. with like yeah 
this pressure to like dive into the word for every answer like it seems right. like a really really like bad combination combination gonna yeah. keep like you know like a self-perpetuating thing where she feels mm-hmm. anxious about it so she's gonna like go to the bible and then she's feel anxious about that and then you know like over like around and around yeah completely Mm-hmm. They go back to LA in March for the Shepherds mm-hmm. Conference, and at one point they go to lunch with John MacArthur. He tells them that um, apparently they they're in his office. They talk for three hours, and then when they leave, the secretary like pulls Jeremy aside, and he's like, "I have never, <laughs> never seen him speak to anybody in the world for three whole hours. Like, what did you guys do? Like, how are you guys yeah. so you know? Like, basically, the implication being like they're so fucking special. He's never done this in his life." He's just captivated with this incredibly boring couple. Right. Like as um, if Jeremy needed more, like more things to feed his ego. He will never turn down an opportunity to write about something where mm-hmm. people are like flattering his mm-hmm. ego. Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, There's yeah. no shortage of that here. <clears throat> They're like, this is the busiest week of his whole year. This is unheard of. Like, why does he need to be the most special boy? <laughs> like... <laughs> What happened to you, Jeremy? You had a good life growing up. I know, like you, I know. you don't need more validation. Um, but basically at this time they begin to pressure they collectively, this whole church, all the leaders, <laughs> elders, are pressuring Jeremy, begging practically for, for him to join them at the yeah. master seminary at Grace Church. And he's like, No, I I couldn't possibly. I have my <laughs> own church in Laredo. Like, please. Yeah. And um, so this is like where the idea gets planted in their head. People are just cajoling him, won't stop. And he's like, I'm very devoted to my to my flock in Laredo. At the same time, like, I don't believe this for a second. I truly I'm going to believe that like the second they started getting associated with the church and the second, like it was clear that there was some like Mm -hmm. mutually advantageous relationship that they could form. Like they were kind of like thinking about what's next and how for sure. sure. Yeah. It just doesn't make sense that like Ginger says at the end of the chapter, she's like, I I think I remember saying to Jeremy, it would be great to go here. And then I just (laughs) didn't think about it ever again. It's like clearly they were considering this. Yeah, like, why why try to, like, fool us as readers? It's like, it, this feels like what they do on, like, reality TV, where, like, you know what the outcome is, but, like, they give you all this, like, will they, won't they type thing leading up to it to, like, build yeah. momentum, build suspense, like, possibly surprise you. But come on, Jeremy, you're not fooling anybody. I- Exactly. I do. I think it's two things. Like, clearly their story is so fucking, like, boring and bland mm-hmm. that they do have to, manu- like, manufacture some sort of, like, yeah. internal conflict. And the second part is they want to deflect any potential criticism about them being, like, fame-hungry. And their right his actual efforts to social climb the ranks of, like, funding mm-hmm. leadership, you yeah. know? Yeah. Like, which is, like... <laughs> It would be more honorable to own up to it. To just I say, know. like, yeah, I have amb- to just be like, I have ambition. I'm an ambitious person. That's almost it's less naked than being like, I am just a simple run-of-the-mill Laredo pastor oh, who just happened to marry God. this TV person. I didn't even consider the implications uh-huh. of that. You I know? know. Yeah. Um, it's just make a move with integrity. Yeah. You know? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> um Okay, and also he just the way he ends his chapter is truly like chef's kiss. Yeah, yes, yes. Here, where he, the church didn't need us at all, but the people were interested in us anyway. And it's like the church clearly needed you, like the, the church, like <laughs> or not needed you, but like 
identified something in you mm-hmm. that would be helpful for them to yeah. access. And but like to be fair, like they are making a lot of effort to draw Jeremy in. This is clearly like mm-hmm. a two-sided thing. As much as he's like grubbing and trying to ingratiate himself with the Grace Church leadership, they are also trying to like court him to come here. Well, yeah. Well, yeah, like you said, it's like it's like mutual. Yeah, no, it's like they they pay for him to go to LA. Mm-hmm. They put up him and Ginger at this place. The wives are showing her around the city. Um, you know, he bought him the books and they've been living now we know now in this like free yeah. like, very, very low cost housing provided by the church. Like yeah. they, they talk about their pregnancy. Um okay. oh, here's something juicy. Here's actually the the like one thing that I think is actually pretty juicy about this last little half of the book. I think we did get official confirmation that they use birth control. Birth control, yeah. Like there's no they don't say it outright, but there's like no two ways about it the way that they talk about it. Like Jeremy admits that like Things have been a whirlwind for Ginger. She mm-hmm. went from like living in Arkansas with 20 people to like moving in with this man, marrying, you know, <laughs> marrying and moving in with him and yeah, moving states for the first time in her life. And like, so he says, I knew that we needed to wait for the sake of our marriage before starting to have kids. And that's not leaving your room up to Jesus. That, that is definitely right. like recognizing it would be better for us if we waited and if we could control yeah. our reproductive course a little bit, you know? Like, what kind of, like, birth control do you think? Just, like, tracking her cycle and just making sure they didn't have sex when she was ovulating or, like, actual, actual? Mm. I honestly could see her being on the pill. I don't like j- the thing is like Jeremy is educated enough to know mm-hmm. that like the pill is not an abortive face. Right, like, right. That's right, not right. a thing. I mean, it doesn't for all of his faults. Like he clearly has been out in the world and I don't think there's any part of him that like buys into this funding nonsense mm-hmm. about it being like causing abortions and women. Right. I mean, it does. He doesn't specify, but like they went a year yeah. until they got pregnant mm-hmm. and Good for them, honestly. I know. Like, I agree. It just highlights how extreme and fringe the Duggars are on this issue. Like, most Christian couples on most ends of the spectrum, like, use birth control. I think that's, like, a smart decision yeah. for their family. Anyways, glad that they were gl- – glad that Ginger was, like, not pressured or yeah. thrown into, like, motherhood, like, three months into her marriage. But I know. So she's actually the one. She's, like – Jeremy says that one night – they bought their house they've been married for like almost a year and mm-hmm. ginger is the one who says like i want to try for a baby now yeah. which like i don't like them or anything they stand for that yeah. but that felt like a moment where i was like i begrudgingly kind of acknowledge that that's like a cool thing for right them to do it's so bare minimum but it's like, i know i know <laughs> like letting a woman like waiting until a woman <laughs> is like yeah now i want to have a baby that's like crazy mind-blowing in this world you know (laughs) i know it's like one of those crumbs that we take it is yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. at the one year mark exactly on their one year anniversary ginger finds out she's pregnant um they decide to have the baby in san antonio so they have to drive 2.5 hours to every appointment which seems crazy like i don't understand this i mean i would assume it's just because it i don't know why i would maybe because like there were more birthing options in san antonio i know they went to a birthing center or something yeah i guess but that seems so excessive that's your whole day two and a half hours that's scary like what if you're in labor yeah well they talk they said that like for the week that before she gave birth they just like had a vacation Mm -hmm. in san antonio right right which i guess but that just seems crazy like 2.5 hours you have your appointment it's like an hour and then you drive back that's like a school day like i know hours like right right 
uh, Ginger talks about getting the mm-hmm. epidural, which like we support, we stand. Oh yeah. And I didn't know this. And they talked about it. This is something like Jan and Jessa definitely have like made fun of before that she was like an act of labor. She gets the epidural and then she takes a nap in labor, yeah. which like, I didn't know. Yeah. I didn't know that was a mm-hmm. thing you could do. Yeah. It's like, it depends if you're like in labor for a long time. Yeah. Like um, for me, when I had my my son he my labor was like kind of different like they induced me early and so Mm -hmm. it took like my body a long time to start like contracting so like they induced me on friday and i didn't end up having my son until sunday so i was literally in labor all weekend long and so yeah and so i had to sleep so i remember at one point from, (laughs) from saturday to sunday like um the doctor was like okay we'll try to get some sleep and i'm like okay like i'm just like i did i did like take little naps but you were just i mean in pain i was in pain a lot yeah i can't imagine three days mm-hmm. yeah and then i didn't even and then i had a c-section after all that oh my god i know wait so did you have an epidural when you were laboring um yeah so i had did have the epidural but i didn't get it at first so i wasn't mm-hmm. for a while um and then when it was time to push like i pushed for three hours and nothing happened holy shit that's I like know. a I know, and I can't believe I had a second child. Yeah, <laughs> three, days of, yeah. three days of your life are never getting back. I would like <laughs> take a vacation every year to be like, oh, God. I know, I know. Um, also, definitely what I would opt for. I feel like as soon as I just want to be on drugs for like six yeah. months before and after, yeah, yeah. during <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. very like yeah. twilight sleep vibes, you know? Sure, yeah, understandable. All, you know. I feel like those months are not for remembering. It also, right. okay, well, it doesn't, it, she also goes into the fact that, like, they had a very, Ginger had a very difficult few months with Felicity, yeah. with colic, which I don't really know what it is, but I know it's like you cry a lot, and I guess you have gas if you're Yeah. But basically, she said that for one month, like, she, Felicity cried nonstop, and then she cut dairy out of her diet and, like, mm-hmm. nightshades, and then, like, the baby stopped crying, which right. like seems like a nightmare. And okay, wait. The thing about the name Felicity, this grinds my okay. gears yeah. to no end. Yeah. Jeremy is talking about how they picked the name out, mm-hmm. and they said they named her after this Christian martyr Felicitas, who died or was sentenced to death when she was pregnant. And he was like, it was like a great story of like hope and like mm-hmm. whatever. And then he's like, and then after we decided <laughs> on the name, we realized that Felicity means happiness. And I'm like, are you motherfucking kidding me? It took you months to realize, first of all, Felicity's like a standard synonym for like happiness. Right. Where's your fucking big words now, Mr. Books? Like, come <laughs> right. on. I, I cannot like if there was any greater indication this is all for fucking show and he's just like buying books to buy them. Yeah. Okay. And then second of all, okay, here's the thing. Here's the thing. <laughs> Felicity is literally like the root of it in Spanish. The word feliz means happy. Mm-hmm. Like it's like a the name of like a basic primary sure. emotion in Spanish. These idiots never fucking learned Spanish. They lived in Laredo. They talked I about know. it. They filmed themselves going to lessons for it to take that long to click is insane to yeah. me. Like it is insane. Felicity oh, for sure. means happiness. Police means happy. It's like they sure. didn't. They, oh, yeah. <laughs> this, it grinds my gears. They're lying to us. They lie to us all the fucking time and they <laughs> think we don't fucking notice but the snarkers are here to fucking notice. That's right. Like, That's right. <laughs> I just oh, get, it's like God. one of those it's like such a small tiny inconsequential thing that grinds my gears yeah. because it just reveals the extent of like how much of the shit is so fucking fake I know. like 
And I don't know why I'm getting so worked up about it because of course it is. Oh, I know. Of but course it yeah. is, you know? But like you have this proof right here. Yeah, it is so frustrating. I also just feel like other reality shows, like they don't go through such lengths to try to convince the public that like, there's like no gap between what they show on TV and like their mm-hmm. real life. I feel like all the reality shows, there's always like a wink, wink, nod, nod. Yeah. Like, These are storylines. Production uh-huh. set this up. And for them, it's like, no, Jesus is calling us to do this. <laughs> and I know. like, Jesus is not a liar. And we're not liars either. Right. Like, yeah, you even have people from other reality shows, like admitting the, like the different ways things are edited or like reshot or anything like that. Yeah. In other there's shows. yeah there's no that's the part of like making it their quote-unquote ministry is like they probably had to film all those scenes of them getting fake spanish lessons because they didn't have anything else right and it's like they're they're <laughs> like we just know they're fake and like yeah yeah <laughs> i think that's that's the thing because like if, if they admit that any part of the show is fake then they're admitting that like some part no matter how small of their yeah. ministry is fake you know right which I mean, it is Right, and, like, admitting that anything is fake is just, like, um, I mean, yeah, it's just, like, welcoming in, like, scrutiny and everything. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And they also, it's just, like, and it's, like, the other side is, like, they think that they are above scrutiny because, like, doing something in the name of, like, God or religion, Mm -hmm. like, yeah, it's, like, for the greater good, so it's, like, it doesn't matter if they're, like, trying to pull a fast one on us, you know, because ultimately it's, like, Yep. To spread the word of God. Whatever. I'm I'm the name family. Of God. Yeah. Okay, so finally, Master Seminary. Mm-hmm. What they've been building towards for several chapters. I was still kind of surprised by it. They Jeremy's like basically like it would be hard for me to leave Laredo because I have a job in Laredo. So they design, <laughs> they create an online program specifically for Jeremy. Yeah. Like, because of him. We're like, we re- have created this new program around you so you can take online classes while still working in Laredo, which is just like, I could not believe that. I know. I know. I couldn't believe it. So now he's like going to work and doing school at the same time. Yeah. And Ginger talks about like, there's this one day where all he eats is like <laughs> a bag of Skittles and a cliff bar, which like <laughs> prompts her to have like... <laughs> a heart attack over the phone being like you're gonna die jeremy if you don't okay and then she says like then i made it my mission to keep him fed and hydrated (laughs) out (laughs) of here wow he like that's that's what you do for a baby like when you have a baby your your mission is to keep them fed and hydrated like yeah that's like 50 percent of it and the other part is like (laughs) the only thing she didn't do is like change his diaper (laughs) yeah Anyways, so he's doing online school. He's, like, doing his, like, pastoral duties in Laredo. Eventually, he decides, like, he's not getting the full experience. He needs to move to L.A. to finish his seminary. And so they do that, and they tell – he, like, sits every member of the church down and tells them individually that he's leaving – and apparently it's like agonizing and they cry and sob and he's like Get my heart is being torn into God. because they love him so much and he's such a good pastor and their hearts are breaking for him and like, this was not hard for him he was so horny for LA so get the fuck out of here <laughs> he just didn't like people thinking anything bad about him at any time yeah um and then they move and they never talk about laredo for the rest of the yeah, yeah. <laughs> um okay so 
right as they're like preparing their move, they are like over at a friend's house and Ginger gets a call from her parents and they tell her that Grandma Duggar has passed and she takes the news hard. Like she yeah. is really, really devastated about it. Um, She was like super close to Grandma Duggar. Um, And the first thing Jeremy tells her is like, don't cry. That's literally the first thing he says, don't cry. Right. And then I'm sure she's like, okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> very helpful, Jeremy. Thanks. I know, I know. Um, so they have to go back to Arkansas, like, right before they move for the funeral. And they said that it doubles as a going away party for them. Ew. Which, like, Ew. Okay. And this is where we get that beautiful scene of they're, like, about to drive off to L.A. And mm-hmm. Jim Bob is like, Jeremy, make sure you take care of my girl, you know, Ginger <laughs> and um, this one here. This and he, like, one. grabs Felicity's arm and is just like, yeah, yeah, this this girl of mine. Yeah! And it, there, okay, there's another scene where they're trying to list all of the grandkids, Jim Bob and Michelle. The only one they can't name, Felicity. What the hell? They literally don't know her. It's, like, out of sight, out of mind. Like, at that point, was she the youngest? I don't think so, because they came in pretty quick su- succession afterward. Yeah. yeah. Um, but... Yeah, no, clearly, like, if you thought that Jim Bob, like, didn't really know Ginger, he definitely doesn't know Ginger's kids. Yeah. Um, never met him. <laughs> like, <laughs> so they're back in L.A. They love L.A. They're really taking to life there. They, like, mm-hmm. <laughs> they're, like, we go to Galaxy Games. We went to the Hollywood Bowl for Mozart Under the Stars. And we ate as much food as we can handle. And, like, we know because we got nonstop <laughs> shots of Jeremy. That's what I was going to say. Like, yeah, we know. We know yeah. about your, like, never-ending L.A. food tour. It's crazy. They would yeah. every day Instagram a new, like, trendy hotspot. Mm-hmm. Like, and, like, Jeremy's stuffing his face with, like, burgers and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, The funny thing about them is, like, I remember watching – they live in the valley, like pretty deep in the valley. Mm-hmm. And they're like, they so clearly are like not from there, don't have any understanding of like distances and time and stuff like that. Because I do remember also this one part on the show where they go from like in one day, they go to like from their house to like the Long Beach Aquarium to like some other place like downtown. And it's like, those are like three completely different parts of like yeah. Southern California that like you cannot hit in one day, but like they're there in traffic for like hours being yeah like, i didn't what life is like i did hear people or read about people talking about that at the time yeah that it was so that it's all over the place they're all over the place and i i think even now their weekends are still like that and i they hit all these tourist spots like every fucking weekend which is crazy right. like like nobody were, fucking does that I would say, like if they like lived in new york they'd be like oh yeah we went to the statue of liberty and Times <laughs> every weekend. and yeah 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 that's pretty much what it is like yeah <laughs> Ginger describes her first earthquake, which mm-hmm. apparently like scared the fuck out of her, and she like wanted to move. She wanted to leave after yeah. it, which like you're I don't. you're from California, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm from LA. I don't really. Yeah. Have you ever been in an earthquake? Yeah, no, they're super common, and you're in them all the time. But like for people who are not used to them, like the yeah. first big one that they feel, it honestly feels like the world is ending. Like something bad is like you oh know, my like gosh, yeah, I can imagine. Okay, and also. i can imagine somebody like ginger who's raised super fundy and all these like fundy evangelicals are like horny (laughs) for like the rapture yeah 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 yeah. sure there was a period where like the biggest earthquake that i remember having my mom shouted at me and she said it's happening it's happening (laughs) like we literally thought the rapture was happening because like there was like a a six point like 
something or it was like a pretty big earthquake and yeah. it was like right in our area but it, it like honestly it like feels bad and i'm sure she thought that like end times are <laughs> it feels crazy yeah. it does feel crazy and uh they they decide it's like time for another kid um they they wanted to space their kids about two years apart and then she talks about like their miscarriage and she doesn't go super into it mm-hmm. um but she says, like, obviously she was super devastated. But, but when this happened, Jeremy says to her, the Lord gives and the Lord takes away. Okay. And then, like, when Grandma Mary died, he he just has these, like, these little, like, words, these nuggets of wisdom for her that if it was me in those situations, like, I don't want to hear that. Yeah, no, I'd be like, shut the fuck up. But the yeah. word, like, the annoying part is, <laughs> the annoying part is, yeah. he gives the little sermon at Grandma Mary's funeral. Yeah, he does. So mm-hmm. it seems like somebody, like, I think it's Shim Bob, like, yeah. cares to hear what he has to say on this. Like, it, Yeah, I guess, yeah. I don't know. He definitely gets, like, the biggest, like, boner about the fact that he is, like, tapped to speak and tapped to do it. You know, like, he loves yeah. that. But it also seems like... Yeah, as much as we, like, we bag on him, like, clearly other people in the family think he's, like, also in some way mm-hmm. inadequate yeah. creature, you know? They probably, yeah, like, they, like, take him serious. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's, okay, that's annoying. Mm-hmm. It's, like, it really does seem like people do take him seriously, which is, like, what he gets off on. I know. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, for sure. And that's what scares me. Yeah. Is like as as like transparent as he seems to us about like his like ambition and social climbing, yeah. you know, tendencies and stuff like that, and like desire to be blatant desire to be seen a certain way. It does seem like in fundy circles, he's like he is working his way up, and people are buying into what he's selling. Yeah, yeah, he's... you know, which is like annoying. <laughs> oh, I know for sure. And it makes me think that, like, it's, like, potentially dangerous. Like, I know that we, you and I and other people think of him as, like, a charisma black hole. But, like, maybe other, you know, like, actual fundies don't. And, like, it does scare me that he could actually, like, rise the ranks and, like, really I know. Like, he's, become a terrible person of influence in it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. He's, like, successfully charming all of these people. Exactly. Yeah. Like, it, it, like, it's the combination of, like, the arrogance, the ambition, and, like, mm-hmm the ability to get other people on board that's like giving me a little bit of pause here I'm like Ooh, I, know. I, I don't want to see where this is going really i know like I know. worst case scenario he fucking inherits the church he makes a billion dollars a year because that is what mega pastors make on tax forms is one billion american do- no like probably like in a, at least a million seven figures yeah. you know yeah like he could end up making a fucking shit ton of money off of this and gaining like a ton of influence and actually being capable of like enacting actual harm in the world yeah by, like yeah sure having a much much bigger platform to like spread his beliefs and stuff i hope that that won't happen yeah <laughs> on that uplifting note no. yeah, yeah i know i know jeremy's secret plans to take oh, over the man. funny world oh gosh it, it ha- we have to We'll continue to try to thwart in our own way. We think that the Duggar train will come down. Maybe yeah. they'll go down with it. Yeah. But we'll see. We will be here for the fucking fallout and we'll keep you posted. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, I don't know. Any, any final thoughts? Um, <laughs> apologies to Kurt Cameron and his family who had to endure a whole day at Six Flags with this man no, and his wife. No, apo- no apologies because they are Duggar stands. Remember, like early in the in Nineteen Kids and Counting, they were with um they met up with like Michelle and stuff, and 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 Michelle that it was so funny that somebody came up to her for an autograph instead of Kurt Cameron. 
Oh, oh well, okay, then apology rescinded. <laughs> <laughs> you guys got what you deserve. <laughs> I hope you guys enjoyed that day. <laughs> All right, well, that was uh, finally the conclusion of our book report on The Hope We Hold. So Follow us on Instagram at SideHugsPod. Sign up for our Patreon, which will be in the show notes. Yeah, and leave us like a review and some stars. Yes. Also, just to note, we are taking a break next week, and we'll be back in June with more episodes. Mm -hmm. All right, so till then, snark on Mother Duggers. Mm -hmm.